Hey there and welcome to Intercourse with Friends, the podcast that won't help you get friends with benefits but may well be the climax of your week. I'm your host Pickle and with me are my friends Megan and George. How's it hey. going guys? What up? <laughs> Megan has been away and we're about to pick her brain about her trip. She went away. I went away to a dirty place. Scotland. <laughs> Scotland. It's pretty filthy. <laughs> um yeah I was in uh, I was in Scotland um at the start of the week and it was uh, it was amazing. How are you guys doing? I'm fantastic, thank you. That wasn't a half bad Scottish accent so it wasn't Dune instant porridge. <laughs> that sounded more Indian really than anything. I did it. <laughs> uh, goody goody. <laughs> did you watch your curry porridge? <laughs> um no, uh, so I actually, I admittedly did not uh, attempt to do my Scottish accent to Scottish people. I, uh, I actually chickened out. Um, you chickened yeah. out? No, wait, that's what, what was that? That wasn't anything. Oh my goodness, I'm going to shoot myself. That was myself. like Martian. <laughs> that's even more worse because I actually have Scotland on my passport. I should. Oh, that's awful. And and you support Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, you were right about Everton. That they are also one of the. Um, 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 yeah, it's the rivals. derby, isn't it? Yeah, well, the the thing is, they've got multiple derbies because they have their main rivalry with Man U, but they also have a rivalry with Everton, who are down the road. So you're right about that. Oh, we should probably get this out of the way and say and let listeners know that um, this is going to be the last episode that we record just for a brief while. Um, we're going to have like a kind of a break, and this could be like the end of our season one, but we will be back. So. Uh, yeah, we thought we'd get that out of the way first, but maybe I was just about to suggest that maybe we can make this episode like a catch-up on everything that's changed since the first episode. So, uh, yeah, we, we'll just make corrections of everything. Well, I mean, I'm going to celebrate right now by saying that I survived the whole of season one without actually being fired by Megan. It was just a threat the entire time, so that's pretty good. Yeah, join us back for season two, where George and I uh, will go through <laughs> more new things about uh, life in general and... Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I can't remember if I, if I gave a retraction on the, uh, I think something I said maybe in the first or first or second episode, whether the uh, squirrels would fall, uh, would die of starvation before they fall to their death. Uh, I don't think it's true. <laughs> I'm going to take that back. So, like I, a, so I had learned over the course of season one not to take anything that you said seriously. So, uh, oh, okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad we've I've been silently... Silently fact checking, fact checking all of your um, supposed facts, and uh, I call bullshit on most of them. <laughs> I bet there's probably like a, a, an eight percent success rate of these facts, isn't there? At least, have I? You can tell me I, if I've at least like pulled them off convincingly. I'd say it's probably like an even number if you if zero is considered even. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like I feel like bullshitting is like a maybe hereditary trait or something as well. Did I ever tell you guys about why my family no longer plays Monopoly? Oh my god, this I've got to hear. Okay. <laughs> so my 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 sister never ever played. She she quit while she was ahead and she um she hates the game. Uh so that she's out straight away. But my my mum refuses to play with my dad and doesn't want me to play with my dad for this simple reason because my dad is an incredible bullshitter and as a kid we played monopoly like the three of us um my mum my dad myself and uh my mum got bankrupted pretty quickly um i don't know how but she did and then it was just <laughs> me and my dad and i owned quite a few hotels but my dad owned all the utilities and 
some we my mum stopped the game. I'll have to put it this way. My mum stopped the game when my dad landed on my hotel and then tried to charge me money because my hotel had electricity and water and lighting in it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so my mum quickly swept that undercover. And then uh, we've not played since, but that's the sort of thing my dad will do. I mean, yeah. if you could land on one of his train stations and then say, but no one's going to use your train because they've got nowhere to go because there's no infrastructure in terms of hotels when they get there. I mean, yeah. where does this end? <laughs> but I, I was I was only about eight or nine. I don't think I was that wow. structured. <laughs> so, but- <laughs> so did you pay off? No, I don't think I did. I think we. I think my mum stopped the game. But uh, it's not the only game that my mum refuses to play with my dad. My mum, for a long time, she, she does play Scrabble with him now occasionally, but she refused well, to for a yeah, she played Scrabble. Shout! <laughs> I don't want to hear about this. She um, she wouldn't play Scrabble with my Say dad for a long again. time. I didn't hear that. He said she she plays hide the sausage. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's not make this too awkward in the first five minutes. Um, okay, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, she refused to play Scrabble with my dad because my dad would just make up words and say it's like the Greek word for goodbye, and uh, so my mum couldn't prove him wrong or whatever. So she would. Uh, and my dad would just win every time, but it, it was never actual real words. Monopoly is an interesting game. Lots, lots of people complain about how Monopoly goes on too long or doesn't end. And every time you play with those people, just as an experiment, you realize that they basically play it wrong with too much generosity. Whenever people start feeling bad and start bailing each other out, then it's just this perpetual, never-ending lending session and people forgiving each other their debts and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, like at Christmas time, like my mom, she's never really that clued in to like board games and stuff. So like she'll often be like the one who loses and I'll be like, okay, I'm taking you under my wing. You can have <laughs> right. some of my millions. <laughs> exactly. Why is it two in the morning on Boxing Day now? Well, because we don't let the game end. <laughs> but do you know there's actually a world championship for Monopoly? That doesn't surprise me at all. I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah, Where's there's that a held? world championship. Uh, I don't know where it's held, but... Um... The prize money is actually Park Lane. You get to win Park Lane. There is an official Monopoly world championship organized by Hasbro. Hasbro is the company that make Monopoly. It's held every four to six years with gaps between the tournaments generally getting longer since the first in 1973. The last tournament was held in 2015 and then the next planned one was 2021, but it was cancelled due to the coronavirus. They passed go, did not collect 200. (laughs) Do they rotate it like the Olympics, like the country's bid to hold it or something like that? I think so, because it says here, um, how many times has the United States hosted the Monopoly World Championships? And then it says, it gives all it gives a list of the other countries that have hosted it. I like to think that the chance and community chest involve politically uh, up-to-date sentiments as well. Like, you've just caught COVID, uh, you've been taken to a nearest hospital, and your medical bill has cost you $50,000. <laughs> Go straight to jail, you can't pay. Yeah. Let's go straight to jail or, you know, turn left to commit suicide. Yeah, and the, the free parking spot where you can get all the money is um, you, you released a video on TikTok and it went viral and now you're being sponsored by uh, by uh, 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 Ferrero Rocher. <laughs> so the prize money for the Monopoly World Championships is a gift bag, including a branded polo shirt, a tournament game set, a special edition, a special edition set, 
a Monopoly deal game and a special token and a speed die box and also 20,000 US dollars. In real money? (laughs) Real money, obviously. Um, So the rules, obviously, they utilize the classic rules of Monopoly. Meant players roll two dice only and follow the rules um, stated in the rule book. Properties had to be auctioned if they were not bought and there was no reward for landing on free parking. Play continued either until all players barring the winner were bankrupt or a time limit expired. For games that reached the time limit, a winner was determined based on how much money they had at the end of the game. There you go. Uh, so, Megan, that's actually €18,716.60. So um, that's better than your radio call-in. So I, think I was going to say be... that's two radio quizzes right there. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're better focused honing our monopoly uh, skills. Yes, I have a new a new focus to make uh, to make quick. And the, money. W- the amazing part is, if we all played separate games and got through to the next heat and so on, when we ended up facing each other in the final, we could rig it so that one of us wins. Exactly, <laughs> and then split the money. Um. Yeah, so I, I think speaking of ways to make quick money, um, I'm reading a book by Stephen <laughs> King at the moment. I, I thought that conversation was going somewhere else completely different. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of ways to make quick money, there's this app called OnlyFans. And uh, <laughs> and Stephen King's on it? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, Stephen King runs it. Uh, no, there's this new book by uh, Stephen King called Fairy Tale, um, in which the main character... I won't give away too much of the plot, but there's gold and money involved and, you know, another land and another land where you can get gold and bring it back to your land and exchange it for money. And I was thinking, I'm going to find that hole in the ground where I can go to that other land and make easy money. I don't need to do any radio quizzes. It's a very good book if uh, if anyone's interested. It's my first, first book by Stephen King that I've ever read. And uh, his writing is simple yet compelling, I think. He had, a, um, he had another pen name as well, didn't he? Was that Stephen King? He had another pen name. I don't know, but I, I only realized today that he wrote the book Misery. I love that movie. Actually, that movie is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. But uh, yeah. Have you guys seen it? I No, no. I'm, I'm familiar with the, with the fact that it exists. I'm familiar with the lifestyle. Wow, you should watch Misery. It's scary. I do have a metal detector. That's not true. My daughter has a metal detector. Have you ever used it? Yeah, it's fun, actually. It's really good fun. But have you ever found anything? Yeah, well, we we live like five minutes walk from a really nice beach, right? And uh, you go there in, of an evening in the summer and you find so much money and watches and stuff. It's brilliant. Really? Yeah. Like she's filled her piggy bank, I don't know how many times over. With, no um, way. Like how much money? Like, I don't know, cumulative total, maybe 50 bucks, but like, you know, reliably oh. a few dollars a time. You're stealing yeah, so much money um, from the fishes economy. I know. <laughs> To be fair, though, I mean, if you go to the beach, you sc- scour the beach, you, may- you get $3. That's an ice cream or whatever. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, she's a bit older now, but when she started, she was like nine or whatever. So this was big, big dollars, you know, and um, 
Yeah, it's good. And the worst part is, is there's actually fully grown detectorist dudes wandering the beach, and they try and get there before the kids because they know the kids are like hawks, and uh, they <laughs> they have like all this professional equipment and like you know gold panning style shaker stuff to get all the goods. Um, I would like to know actually how much on average these people are making. What do you call these people? They, they call them detectorists. There's a TV series about it called Detectorists, and it's got like yes, there is a, and stuff in. I a think comedy, it's comedy drama. Yeah. Average income. Fun fact: someone I went to college with actually worked on the TV show Detectorists. Oh, really? Like, worked behind the scenes, like one of the. I would love to meet Mackenzie Crook. Yeah, I think he'd be pretty cool. Like he's, he's one of my heroes. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's such a chameleon, isn't he? In terms of. He's been in quite a few things, but just he's one of those faces that you could recognize, but maybe, you know, he's just, I don't know. He's a great actor. Yeah, his public persona is, makes him out to be a very thoroughly nice gentleman. He doesn't seem to be like in the spotlight as much either as other people, which I quite appreciate in this kind of modern day and age. The fact that people, he doesn't seem to have to have 100% of attention all the time and is just happy with where he is in life. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he's not a crook. <laughs> oh my Megan's gosh. going down a rabbit hole. Okay, Megan is ordering okay. a detector right now <laughs> on Amazon. So, so there's a, there's a, an article on the internet, metal detecting and how you can make money. Is it lucrative? While many do it for the love of the hobby, there have been some huge finds in the past. One of the biggest in the UK was in Snettersham Hoard, wherever that is, the richest collection of Iron Age treasure ever to be found in Britain. Archaeologists had thought that there was no more to be discovered, but then in 1990, a local man searching the same fields with his metal detector uncovered another golden hoard, then valued at £26 million. Thankfully, it was uh, Iron Age and not Aluminium Age, because aluminium is not magnetic, so they wouldn't find it as easily. <laughs> is that yeah, how it's done? That's, inc- that's incredible. I don't know how they work, actually. I believe it is about magnetic resonance, but um, yeah, yeah. But it's not just about is this magnetic or not. There's different degrees, and you can set your coil sensor on the bottom of your detector to different depths and whatnot, and then different ranges, so you can specifically target, you know, Coke cans versus you know, gold bullion. Who's specifically targeting Coke cans? People who collect ring pulls, and yes, people who do collect ring pulls. <laughs> There's nine billion of us almost. Like, there's people who are into everything. I, I thought you said wrinkles. I thought you said wrinkles. <laughs> wrinkles. Yeah. I've like, seen quite yeah, a few old people that's collect wrinkles. pretty stressful. You could collect a lot of wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> Wrink- wrinkles and crow's feet go hand in hand as collections. No, I don't uh, collect wrinkles. No, 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 no. But yeah, there's a whole thing on the internet. Like, a Farmers Weekly in the UK do a whole section about metal detectorists on your land, what farmers need to know. Some advice in case you're approached by a metal detectorist wishing to access your land. That's crazy. I just, just, I've never thought about anything to do with this. It makes it sound like the farmer's going to prepare in self-defense. <laughs> keep, keep a tractor nearby. <laughs> You'll be ready to run away at any moment. I think you might have been tuning out slightly because you were doing your research while George and I were talking, but the TV show Detectorist, you really should look up if you haven't seen it. It's, I think it's two or three seasons. It's very good. Oh, I'll have to have a look at that. But it's amazing how there are hobbies out there that you never, like one could spend your whole life never thinking about this hobby that someone else has dedicated their whole life to. Do you know what I mean? 
Like I was watching, um, and like, uh, well, it was on the background, like a National Geographic, like documentary about something really random. It was like some kind of insect at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean that, you know, thrives in certain environments or whatever. But there was actually like, there was actually this expert who was an expert on this particular insect that I had never heard of and would never still have heard of had I not been watching this documentary. But this person had dedicated their whole life to study this particular insect. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's crazy how it's crazy how like uh, the the job I was working in before um, the 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 I'll start the census again. In the previous job I was working in, the uh, sector was kind of ecosystem monitoring and uh, speaking to my bosses who are like micrometeorologists or meteorologists. The uh, the sector that they worked in was tiny, and they seemed to know all of the people that are writing these PhD theses and stuff like that, and uh, all the publications. Uh, have you know four or five different authors in a group and like they'd recognize everyone they'd be like oh yeah i met them last year and you know but i've known this guy for 20 years and so on it's really crazy to think that there are groups of people who have are so passionate about something but there's only like five of them in the world and they're slowly moving the planet along by the way while we're all wondering what the kardashians (laughs) yes yeah exactly (laughs) behind the scenes heroes i'd like to say yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty decent um it's it's just amazing how many hobbies there are. Literally, you can have a hobby for anything. Do you know what I mean? But I, or even just build a business out of anything. But I feel like yeah. for every one person that's like that, or every maybe, yeah, every one person like that, there's 10 people uh, who just contribute nothing to society and just like, I don't know, they have no hobbies. Or there was uh, or hobbies that just, I, I can't even comprehend how or why people do that sort of thing. Um there was a BBC radio show called uh, The Unbelievable Truth. And I don't know if either of you ever heard of it. No. Um, you should, I think you should check it out if you, if you like that sort of thing. Because they, they basically, it's a, I've only listened to the first two se- seasons, but it was John Lloyd um, and Bill Bailey. They kind of co-hosted it. And they would get guests on who were like kind of pretty high in their field or comedians or whatever, just interesting guests. And they would bring with them to this imaginary museum that they curated um oh no oh, i've got i've started again <laughs> it's not it's not the unbelievable truth it's it's a show called museum of curiosity is one thing <laughs> it's I've a completely different show about something completely different and yeah. uh you probably won't like it <laughs> I've started, yeah yeah there's a museum there's an imaginary museum that you curate and they get these guests to bring along these interesting things which is basically where i learned all about the pineapple when i talked about it the other a few few weeks ago yeah and um, there, there was they were talking about this one uh, museum, like curator or like a, a professor or some person that studies something, and he got obsessed with um, trying to grade ever finer string, and uh, like what piece of string he would like grade them by length and the material and you know whatever like that, and like he got he got so obsessed with it that he just ended up starting like grading his own like pubic hair and stuff like that for like, because <laughs> he just thought like, Oh, it's wow. a string too. So yeah. Just running around after his wife, presumably he's married and getting clippings or whatever. I think, so I, think, I mean, it's ask, dangerous to get obsessed. Sorry. You can- when people ask how long is a piece of string? He's, he's the go-to guy. <laughs> I, I have actually have a, a definitive irrefutable answer for that question. Yeah, and it drives people in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just simply twice as long as half its length and you can't disprove that but people don't like it i think it's a good answer that's a great yeah. answer 
That is a good answer. It's like actually. fighting bullshit with bullshit. Exactly. It's <laughs> fighting bullshit with bullshit. And I, I, I love it. <laughs> it's my favorite response. Yeah. You're always full of good responses. Yeah, that you are you are actually big of Lutz. We should we should dwell on that. Uh, yeah. You always have good good things to say. As a child he fell into a thesaurus and now he <laughs> absorbed the superpower and he now has the knowledge of all the words. <laughs> He has all the words, yeah. yeah. Tell us another word. <laughs> Anti-disestablishmentarianism, which is the go-to comment for anyone who wants to come up with a word that people don't know, but everyone knows. No. Yeah, well, I, d- I don't know that word, so that's cool. Well, do you know disestab- disestablishmentarianism? It's no. just being anti-that. It's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Guys, yeah. you, you totally overestimate my level of intelligence. But I love watching... Um, Moving on quickly so that we don't uncover how many words Megan doesn't know. Um, <laughs> um, I love watching Antiques Roadshow, actually. But I kind of hate all, like, I don't like the bullshit about it. I just want to get skipped to the end. Like, you know what I mean? Skip the foreplay, get to the end. How much is it, <laughs> how much is it worth? How much, yeah. is, it, how much yeah. is it worth? Come on, come I, on. I don't care about the story of this like yeah. 1970s. Oh, well, I clock. found it in my brother's shed, <laughs> yeah. and it belonged to my grand uncle's sister's cousin that he found riding his other cousin or something. I don't know. Riding his other cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do a little bit, a wee bit of um, character assassination because I like to sort of try and guess whether the person having it valued goes, oh, that's very interesting. I'm so glad that this heirloom is worth that. I'll get it insured for that and protect it. Or whether they've got that glint in their eye where really uh, they only wanted to flog it. They're like, oh, got a trip to Ibiza. Woohoo! <laughs> and they're the ones yeah. that always look really disappointed when it's like, this is worth £300. And they're like, oh, fuck. That's not <laughs> even enough for a new coffee table. <laughs> yeah, I spent more than that on the flights down here. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Or when the when the auctioneers like really ramp it up and they're like, "This is a really valuable piece of you know British history." I think you'll get it in the regions of two hundred pounds, and then they're like, <laughs> "What? What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's very funny. Very funny. Um, yes, it's a good show. I, I liked watching that. And then another one is another show that they do in the UK is called Bargain Hunters, where these two teams go off into like a car boot sale or like an antique like like roadshow thing, and the two teams go off with two expert, two antique experts, and they try and find like random shit around the around the sale. And then they later cultural in the day auction it off. Yeah, artifacts. artifacts. Yeah, yeah, cultural <laughs> artifacts. And then later in the day, they auction it off and see who makes more money. I actually really enjoy that as well. But again, I just want to get to the end point. Come on, what's it worth? <laughs> you know? Yeah, this antique snuff box. <laughs> <laughs> who cares about the history of the snuff box? It's been opened and closed more times than Katie Price's legs. But what's it worth? Do you know that? Do you know that that there's a do you know there's a part in the body that they call the anatomical snuff box? <laughs> I bet there is something they call the anatomical snuff box. Do you know where it is, though? Uh, it's probably in your feet or something. Do you know, Pico? I wouldn't even like to guess, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> it's, a, it's a particular part of your thumb. So if you extend your thumb out and you'll have a little, like, a little crevice... Uh-huh. And people used to put in the olden days. They used to put snuff in there. What? Yeah, Sorry. and they used to snuff it. 
It's the highest pish what I think I've ever done in my life, but that's interesting. Yeah. And if it's it particularly tender in the anatomical snuff box, it's a it's a fracture of just under there is your scaphoid bone. And the rest what if you don't is... have a crevice? <laughs> it feels then like you've got to lose a bit <laughs> <laughs> I've got to lose a bit. Oh, thanks. You've probably got diabetes in your future. <laughs> so not, not only with fat, but I haven't got a crevice. I'm, I'm fingering my snuff box. It feels really good. That'd be why every time that'd be why every time I try to take snuff, it falls off my thumb. Uh, that's that's funny, guys. I was trying to raise. I was actually, you know, for once in this podcast, I was trying to raise raise the level of the conversation, and then you I'm, guys just took it straight back down again. So. I've been sticking the snuff between my knuckles because <laughs> the little dip between my knuckles. So, um, so yeah, don't blame me. Don't blame me for always bringing the tone down, because I try. <laughs> but um, anyway, so yeah, that's an interesting point. From from antiques to strange hobbies to anatomical snuff boxes, we really do cover it all on this podcast. It's, it's been a wild adventure, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, this is always a well-rounded, you know, uh, what what do you call that? Not really a talk show. What what, what would you call it? Hmm. Uh, conversations amongst friends <laughs> yeah that's true that's true we'll, we'll go with that maybe we can make that a title of some sort people listen to this and then they're like wow i never talk to my friends about this kind of stupid shit <laughs> well they they finish the podcast and then they're like why why did i just put half an hour into that what, what am i doing I could be more <laughs> yeah i feel like they're pity listeners aren't they really like they kind of just go like oh these people they just need to be listened to just to i don't know make them feel better about the fact that this is what they talk about when they're not not supervised <laughs> oh we had another email from uh from our fan favorite fan um the fan of the season we'll say uh lily so thank you lily Ooh. please do share she said good day you three first loving the conversation and the puns i think for the oil rig george should have went with don't drill me, which is good. I didn't think of that at the <laughs> that time. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Much now better I, than the one you actually came up with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now I come to mention that the one I said was pretty boring. Um, so listen. <laughs> oh, about the come on. You can't no make money. a meta pun. You can't make a meta pun. The, 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 the door's open. The horse is gone. Don't bolt it now. Come on. <laughs> it, it took me a week. You no, know, I right? didn't actually. I didn't even get that until it, you pointed it out, Pickham. Until so you brought right. it up. <laughs> Get it? Uh, uh, now I get it. Sorry. Yep. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so listening about the gentleman who survived with no money reminded me of the woman who started with a bobby pin and traded all the way up to a house. Fascinating story. In the end, she gave the house to a family in need and started all over again. Wow. Keep up the great work. Love from the States, Lily. Thank you, That's Lily. That's pretty interesting. That's cool. Did, had, you, had either of you guys heard about that story before? About the woman who did the trading in the house? Yeah. Um, I'd heard it like eighth hand or something. Like I haven't heard the sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had heard I it before. Heard the sauce, sauce doesn't make sound. <laughs> I had heard it before, but I didn't know she gave the, <laughs> the. I didn't know she gave the home away and started all over again. That's actually really heartwarming. And yeah, yeah, that awesome. is that is good actually. Yeah. yeah. So then do she started again. Do you think she started with another bobby pin, or do you think she started with something a bit more? Okay, so a bobby pin to an to a set of earrings. Worth ten dollars, then a set of margarita glasses, then a vacuum, a snowboard, and the snowboard was only worth ninety five dollars. And then it got went up to a four K Apple TV, 
really impressive. Always wireless headphones, Xbox One, a 2011 MacBook Pro, Canon camera, Nike blazers. I'm assuming they're kind of runners of some kind. Nike Hyperdunks, Nike Air Jordans, 1S worth $950. I just want to pause for a moment and reflect on the fact that we live in a world where there's a product called a Nike Hyperdunk. Never mind, yeah. carry on. <laughs> and, and they're worth more than a snowboard. As a side note, I do know someone who was in, I know someone had mentioned last week about collecting shoes and how odd of a hobby it was. Um, and I know someone who had bought a, a, a set of Nike Jordan Dior, you know, Dior, the like fashion brand. It was like a Dior version of the Nike Jordans. Oh my goodness. And they, at the time Nike they Dior. were worth, <laughs> at the time they were worth like 20 grand US dollars and they got drunk one night, put them on and ran around Central Park and destroyed them. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So that's a, we were talking about quick ways to make money. We can talk about quick ways to lose money. <laughs> Wait, do you know this person directly or is it someone I, you know of? I know this person directly. Wow. You, okay. Social circles. I want to be in your social circle. Wait, I guess I, I kind yeah. of am. Yeah, we I think he bought the, the, the shoes like before they became really popular. He bought them maybe wow. for like $2,000 and then suddenly oh, they were so valued. just two grand he threw away. That's fine. Well, like, I mean, if you've got a hobby, like, yeah. you know, if you've got a, uh, you know, some people buy like computers worth like four grand, you know. What idiot would do that? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, at least the people, <laughs> at least the people that collect trainers have soul. Yeah. Oh, George. But, um, <laughs> Sorry. Me. But at least, right. you know, you got remember you got to walk a mile in their shoes before you can judge them. <laughs> this, this is this is wearing thin. So she, so she, so she, she, she traded in the Nike Air Jordans for uh, an iPhone Pro Max, then yeah. traded that for a caravan, then got That's an electric skateboard. Yeah. That's a pretty good Wait, what? Mac she went from a caravan, caravan to a skateboard? An electric skateboard. Remember, not everything is upwards and onwards with trading right <laughs> yeah i guess i guess and then sh she got a newer macbook pro a, a food cart bike a mini cooper a diamond and sapphire necklace a peloton bike bearing in mind now we're in and around the 1800 mark here so she traded the peloton bike for a ford mustang which is worth four and a half thousand dollars so four and a half that no that was five thousand she actually traded down at that point, the food cart bike was worth thirty eight hundred. The Mini Cooper was worth five thousand. She traded down for the necklace, Peloton bike, up to four and a half grand for the Mustang. Then a Jeep for six grand, a, a cabin for ten grand, a Honda CRV for eleven and a half grand, three tractor trailers, which is a very hard thing for an Irish person to say. So tractor can we trailers. just take? Just, just take some time to appreciate the fact that I said that beautifully. Honestly, tree you crushed it. No, no, you did say the three. You did work very well. She did, yes. Three, three tractor trailers. <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't see Megan right now, but she's red in the face. <laughs> she's a lovely colour of beetroot. Yeah, she's concentrated so hard. So three tractor trailers up, uh, up to a Chipotle celebrity card, which is worth $18,000. And an off-grid trailer for $40,000. And then a house worth $80,000. Wow. If she'd bought 30 more tractor trailers as well as the three, how many would she have, Megan? 
No comments. She said, sometimes I'd have thousands of options and sometimes I didn't have many. So there you go. That that's that's actually incredible. Yeah, that's pretty good. Now I did watch the same guy who didn't who does the no money challenges did do a challenge like this where he, um, where he traded things, but he didn't get much. Like it wasn't like substantial jumps like her. It was just like, I've got this bottle of ketchup, and they're like, oh, I'll give you fifty p, <laughs> and then you can't trade fifty p for something. That's not worth 50p, can you? When you've got actual physical money. Well, thank you, Lily, for uh, for bringing that up because that, that's a pretty interesting story. I wonder, could we try something like that? Would someone be brave enough to do that? To go up to a stranger and ask them to swap a bobby pin? <laughs> you, can give, you can give me a house and I'll give you a bobby pin. That seems like a fair trade to me. <laughs> <laughs> Would you be brave enough, Pigo? Oh, absolutely. You, you have to have a certain gift of the gab to be able to get these deals yeah. working. Like, it's like, who really is going to list their, you know, Jeep for sale on Auto Trader or whatever? And then someone says, you know what, I could give you, a, I don't know, what, what was it, three tractor trailers for this Jeep or something? Like, because <laughs> the chances of someone saying, oh, you know what, I, I really do need tractor trailers. Oh, yeah, but no one's going to take the money and go and buy three of them. You know, <laughs> so you, you've got to line that deal up perfectly. But yeah. if you've got the right mechanism and the right attitude, maybe you could pull it off. I guess you also need to meet someone who is probably more well off and who won't lose out by trading you something more valuable. You know, they'll be like, oh, this is a cool experiment. Here you go. Here's my Mercedes S class. No problem. I'll just buy another. <laughs> Lots of estate sales. There's tons of people who, you know, they've got their, their dead parents stuff and like they have no idea of its real value and they just want to shift yeah. a bunch of crap. So you just go in there and you can kind of <clears throat> exploit um their grief um but maybe <laughs> that tell me have you guys are in canada do you do, you do um what do, what do they call grief exploitation <laughs> yeah basically no State do sales. you guys do that you know like in the toy story where they do um like garage sales and things like that do you yeah, guys they, do that in canada yeah we call them a yard sale typically yard um, sales yeah and people will do good i mean the people would recognize the term garage sale too. You can do either way. Um, but another common thing to do, which I may may not be something that is in the um, United Kingdom and Ireland culture, is um, the concept of taking over a abandoned storage unit. So you, you rent a storage unit, which is eff effectively a crappy apartment for your stuff, and you stick all your stuff in it. And then if you stop paying your bill, there's this whole legal process where the company that owns the storage unit and rents it to you gives you notice that you haven't paid your bill and they have to go down this path and there's a bunch of different interactions they have to have but eventually they just assume ownership of the contents they break your lock and then they get in there and sell it but yeah. what people do is they will have blind auctions so they'll go to a storage yard and they'll they'll like, i could do it today like i could go along to my local storage yard and say if you've got any open for for, for auction and say yeah i'm going to put 500 on this and someone else next to me might say i'll give you a thousand and then you're just taking a gamble that when you open that door, there's something interesting in there that you can get your money back on or make a profit. Um, well, this is another TV show, actually, that I, that I used to watch when I was younger. And that they were really good. And then people would go in and they'd find either rubbish or they'd find like loads of really valuable stuff. Didn't, didn't yeah. on the TV show, didn't they have like, the door open, though, so they could see at least a little bit and then like they would be trying to guess yeah. what's behind stuff rather than just like door closed or do they do door, yeah. door closed and you bid with the door closed now 
I would imagine the fact that they had the door open was probably for the TV show for the act- theatrics. Right. But okay. normally yeah. you wouldn't get to see. It's just we will open the door when everyone's finished the bids and it's your stuff. Oh, that's, that's too risky for me. I, I mean, it could be lo- completely empty. Like it could be someone's yeah. locked it and not cancelled their subscription, right? Um, so we do these things called car boot sales in Ireland where people just chuck a load of shit from their house into the car boots and then they all go to this big massive field, literally a field, and then <laughs> they just open the boot of their car and people just walk around and look. But I actually found something really disgusting at one of the car boot sales and uh, actually turned me off ever going to them again. I was with my dad and it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever come across in my life. Oh my god, it's disgusting and embarrassing. This was yeah. definitely a deal, though. <laughs> well, um, I oh yeah, it was major. Thank you for listening to Intercourse with Friends. This is our tenth and final episode of season one. We would like to thank all of our listeners for listening and for all of your support throughout the last few months. We would love to hear any suggestions you have for season two, so please email in at intercoursewithfriends at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash intercoursewithfriends. Until next time, from me, Megan. And me, Pickle. And me, George. We won't see you next Tuesday, but we'll see you again soon, guys. Bye. Ciao. Toodles.